guys. This is the Overcoming the Storm podcast. It is where we share our own journeys, overcoming the storms in our lives, and by starting our journeys, encourage and inspire you whenever you're grappling with storms in your own life. Absolutely. Hey, look, we're not doctors, we're not therapists or psychologists, but we're all going through the same thing. And we, just like y'all, we've been through a lot. We've also studied a lot too. And if you're listening to this, then you're searching for the same things we are. We don't have all the answers and it's a journey for us, but as we learn and grow, hopefully what we discuss here will help you on your journey too. And you know what? We have an amazing show for you today. We're taking a turn away from talking about fear today. We're going to talk about preparation and preparedness. Yeah, there we go. Let's uh, memorialize a little bit uh, February 2021. So I live in Texas. All right, and you live in Memphis, so all throughout the South, we've got this winter storm, this polar vortex, right? Mm-hmm. And for Texans, it pretty much caught everybody in the state completely unprepared. We had over 4 million Texans without power, a whole bunch without running water, many going hungry. Here I am freezing. I'm reading by candlelight. Amber, guess what I was reading? What were you reading, Wayne? Well, you've been after me about reading this book called The Richest Man in Babylon. Oh my gosh, you read it. Yes, yes. There we go. How, how did you come by this book? Okay, so I actually follow uh, an associate of mine. His name is Alex and Books on Instagram. Does a bunch of reading and he does synopsis on oh, many, many different books. And one day I was on Instagram and his post popped up and he talked about the book the richest man in Babylon did a synopsis on it and he'll even take pictures of the book itself inside and highlight some some good things that he thought was pretty beneficial and educational so I just I read the post liked what I read inside the pages walked in Barnes and Noble and bought the book and I pretty much finished the book within two to three days um I really really couldn't put it down it was it's not that long of a read but um, I had other stuff to do in, in my life. I couldn't just sit down and just read it book cover to book cover. Um, but yeah, it was, I thought it was a very, very interesting read. A lot of topics that I apply to this day. And and I got that book about a month or two months ago. Um, and it's just, it's just been incredible. I love it. I love it. I really do. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about this book. So, The Richest Man in Babylon, uh, written by, uh, what's his name, George S. Clayson. And basically, it, it pretty much is a personal financial book. And the story is told in, in parables. And I love, I love storytelling. <laughs> so, reading it, I was able to follow it because it, it is told in the perspective where the the main character is telling and educating guys who ask him about how did you become so wealthy and then tells his past story about the the man that helped him and so he talks about the laws of gold and it's said in a really really old time guys um but the laws laws of gold and finding thy purse and we we use a lot of thigh and thines and Maybe sell you like too, but you know that's food related. We're, we're talking about money, right? Um, but anyways, 
So it talks about the laws of gold, the five laws of gold and how one can actually achieve wealth if they stick to these laws of gold, saving money, paying off debt, and then the rest to live off of. That's just one that's just one aspect of the gold law, as he likes to um to say. And then inside the story, there are other couples that talk about their experience and how they got out of debt. And how they actually have money to, to live off of and money that they saved on. And again, to each its own, your own happiness, right? Of what you consider, uh, what it financial wealth is to you. Um, and so for this couple, it was to get out of debt. Um, and they have enough, you know, to live off of, which is great. And basically, that's that's the whole synopsis of the book it is a little pocketbook about personal financing and how you can stick to the five laws of gold for yourself to help build wealth for your family and security in the future um and it it talks about other little opportunities to look for and what i mean by opportunities is sometimes life will love to throw shiny stuff at you so we heard about the shiny syndrome right uh, and so we'll want to be a part of, of this group and because we can make money really, really quickly. And so, and I love the description in the book, how they talked about opportunity. It, it's not sheer luck. It's, it actually comes from work and work that you put in to recognize what a good opportunity is for you in an investment. Um, well, he talked about investment because, you know, in that time it was land and agriculture. And so a lot of livestock and things like that. So investing like that, but if you take it, if you put the perspective in today's term, right? So opportunity, just what what that looks like for you, um, and when you actually put work into your savings and into into your in into your life with building a wealth, when it comes to making a good investment or a good opportunity to either create more wealth or put money towards investing, um, you have more confidence with what that looks like for you. And then he talks about setting up not only a financial thing for yourself, but like for your family as, as well. And so if you have family, if you have children, or maybe later on, you're thinking about it, then this can help start getting you prepared in those steps. And so I thought it was a very beautiful outline, because it did more than just talk about finances. It, it talked about it in a way that you're not only building it for yourself, or you're building it for others. Um, others close to you and then sharing that knowledge. But it does start with you having a basic foundation of what he calls, quote unquote, the five gold uh, of lollies. And I and that's pretty much the whole uh, a brief, brief synopsis. <laughs> nice. Reading this book inspired me to really write down some thoughts about preparedness. And I really appreciate that it was mainly a book about financial management, mm -hmm. right? Um, because I was a financial advisor for, yeah. for years, for years. I just remember just talking to client after client. And there are those clients who, God bless them. I mean, they, they're great people, but all they wanted to talk about was investment returns. And I'd say at least three quarters of them had some deep underlying financial issue that they didn't want to talk to me about because there's some shame associated with it, right? Like mm -hmm. you, nobody wants to, especially guys. Women to a lesser okay. extent too. And, and I'll say this, women are very upfront and open about, all right, you know, I'm coming to you because I've got this problem. 
the first question I wrote down was, how does being prepared alleviate the effect of storms in our lives? Mm. I think internally, all of us have the answer to that, right? And I think we know it deep down inside. But to actually put it into words is that being prepared can reduce fear, right? Mm -hmm. Reduce anxiety. And this caught me the most reduced losses that accompany disasters. Mm, Okay. Right. And the losses is really what kind of got to me because we know about fear, we know about anxiety, but then Mm. losses. And when I went back and look at it, yeah, that's a natural thing, right? Um, You know, we talk about the story of the three little pigs and I'll get into that in a little bit. And what do we need to be prepared for though? We have finite time. We learn in the military, hey, look, you know what? You can't defend everywhere at once. You can't attack everywhere at once. You have to make certain decisions based on the resources that you do have about where you're going to defend and where you're going to attack. So what do we need to be prepared for? As I was sitting down, honestly, still freezing my buns off, right? And writing this thing. Yeah. um, I think that there are three basic functions that we need to really have down pat in our modern lives. And that's financial or material. That's physical and mental. And then your social and professional life. How can we prepare ourselves for these basic functions? And I think what we um, we ought to do today is really focus on the financial aspect of things. Mm-hmm. I agree. Going back to the story of the three little pigs. I tell a story all the time about building your financial house and looking at the three little pigs. And you mentioned earlier about the bright, shiny object syndrome, Mm -hmm. right? So we all know the story of the three little pigs, right? You have three little pigs and they go out into the world. And one pig decides to stop on the path that they're on and build his house out of straw. Second and third pig go on. And the second pig sees a nice spot and he decides to build his house out of sticks. And then the third pig walks a little ways further, finds a nice spot, but he decides to build his house out of brick. And it takes him a long time and a lot of labor. First brother and second brother are over there kind of making fun of him because they've already got their houses built, right? They've, you've got your straw house built. You've got your house of sticks built. And then they're making fun of the third brother for laboring so intensively to build his house out of brick. Mm-hmm. And then the big bad wolf comes along. And guess what happens? Blow your house down! Exactly. I mean, the big bad wolf huffed and he puffed. and He blew that house in, you know, but he couldn't do that. Grr. He couldn't do that with House of Brick. Because he was prepared. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The pig was prepared. I mean, you know, I, I could say that the wolf wasn't prepared for a House of Brick, but... But we're just talking about the pigs being prepared. That's we're only focused on being prepared, and the pigs. One pig was prepared. Right. So the parable there is really talking about you know two things. I feel like it's two things anyway: being prepared, but also to being prepared in the right manner. Mm-hmm. Right. And you talked about the bright shiny objects syndrome that um, the book actually talks about as well. Mm-hmm. And to prepare for the financial. And I love this book. I'm, I'm just raving about it right now. There are seven simple rules for money, right? And then there are like, what, five simple rules for gold in, in increasing wealth. Mm-hmm. 
in that subset, so you have seven simple rules. It's start thy purse to fattening, right? Control thy expenditures, make thy gold multiply, guard thy treasures from loss, make of thy dwelling profitable investment, ensure a future income and increase thy ability to earn. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest with you, kind of as an aside, speaking in thy and thee. In thy, wow. yeah. <laughs> in thy. <laughs> and what I noticed is this, though. Out of those seven rules, only one of them talks about multiplying gold. Mm. The other six talks about setting that basic foundation. So wait, what you're telling me is actually to build the wealth and multiply it, you have to have a great foundation. Maybe not the greatest, but have some sort of foundation if the other six are referring to setting up the foundation. Am I am I hearing you correct? Oh, absolutely. Hands down. Yeah, every single culture in the world talk about this too. You know, you, it's it's in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the same for money is talked about, like the the reference to money is the second most talked about thing inside the Bible. Um, so, and that's interesting to know. I'm sorry, absolutely. I just want to add that. Like, no, no, bit. no, perfect. No, this is perfect. I love this. And let's talk about the first rule. Start thy purse to fattening, right? And at first glance, you might think, wait, this is talking about building wealth, increasing wealth and accumulating wealth in a sense. Yes, it is. But what it's really talking about is setting aside 10% of your income and putting into savings. Mm -hmm. That's how you increase your purse. And so what it's really talking about there is develop a habit of saving. Yes. Yes. But then not just saving too, but control your expenditures. That's rule number two, control that expenditure. Tell you a true story about a client once. Obviously, all his details are left out for privacy reasons. But uh, <laughs> So we had my mentor had this conversation with the client. Hey, look, you know what? It's time to contribute to your Roth IRA. Well, a couple of months prior to this, he gave me a call and he's like, hey, uh, I need to withdraw some money out of my Roth IRA. I said, well, why? Well, I want to buy a boat. And so naturally I asked him, okay, well, um, you do understand the penalties for early withdrawal of Roth IRA above your basis, right? Or above your above your contributions. But also too, have you looked at your um, monthly budget yet? You know? And so, no, 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 I just want the money. I want to buy a boat. Okay, got it, you know? Because we're financial advisors, right? Client yeah. is in order. We're obligated to fill it. So, okay, boom, done. A couple months later, my mentor calls him up and says, hey, uh, it's time to contribute to your Roth IRA. Well, I can't. Well, why not? I can't afford it. Well, why'd you buy a boat? Come to find out a couple of years later that he had sold the boat because he couldn't afford the boat. Yeah. How much more could he have in his own pocket, in his own personal wealth, had he just not bought the boat and controlled his expenditures instead? Mm-hmm. Make thy gold multiply is rule number three, right? And we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, you talked about investments earlier, and that's what that rule talks about. And number four, guard thy treasures from loss. But it's really funny because... Half of it talks about the physical security of the goal. 
Mm-hmm. But mo- but the other half, actually, you know what? I'd say more. He more talks about this. Garth, I treasures from loss. That talks about investments too, but it talks about the type of investments that you're investing in. Yes, what you know to invest in. <laughs> the companies that you actually follow. If we're talking about stocks and things like that. But yeah, like you can't, you just place your money anywhere. I'm not a trader, but I do spend money and I do realize that if I just if I tell my money I want this Starbucks I want two of them and then the next day I tell my money I want two of them and then the next day I want two next thing I know like wherever I tell my money to go my quote-unquote investment for my expense um it's gonna go it's gonna go but because I didn't properly invest it into something that can actually give me a dividend or a return later on. I lost that. I can't get that back. I drank the coffee. I, you know, I can't go back there like, hey, I I actually need that $12 back from Monday. Uh, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. So it's lost. My spending, wherever I told my money to go to, it is gone. Um, so I kind of want to look at it in that perspective too. It's not only just for investment and risk, it's wherever you place your money to go that you can't get back. It's lost. But the beautiful thing I heard you say is that you were telling your money where to go. Yep. And so you're in control of your money, not the other way around. And that is a beautiful (laughs) thing. Beautiful thing. I can't tell you how many times I, I hear this from people. Well, I have a credit card payment of $400 a month. Okay. How much is your food? Oh, you know, a thousand dollars a month. How much of that food do you put on your credit card? Almost all of it. Why? Because I get the point. Now we see where you have the disconnect in your budget, right? You're you're spending $500 on a credit card payment, a thousand dollars on food, but you're putting that thousand dollars on your credit card that you're only paying 500 bucks a month on. By the way, what are you spending on? Well, I don't know. And so that's what it talks about in the book, understanding your your expenses. And he talks about that. Understand what you are spending your money on. I'm silent a little bit because you know, I'm trying not to get overly snarky, you know, on, on the mic, right? Because, you know, just being a Marine, right? I can just start throwing out invectives, <laughs> but... Um, I'm sure you can. probably have to click the yes there is adult content here on this podcast which completely (laughs) not no excuse Um, wayne he's just going on a a tangent just just a hot second but we'll be back (laughs) yeah there we go no sorry about that but no and the second problem with that is you're spending a thousand but you're only putting 500 so in other words you're going deeper into debt 500 dollars every month right according to that math so not only are you not controlling your spending but now you're giving your money away to somebody else. So guard thy treasures from loss, but then also to be careful of what you invest in. And I tell people never invest in anything you don't understand, or at least work to understand investment. Right. Like awareness falls into both of these categories, but we're not taught this in school. Like we really aren't. Um, I honestly cannot remember a time um, where it truly mattered. And if it did, I was too young to understand because the jargon of a lot of these financial terms can just be so overwhelming um, and just go way in over your head. 
Um, for some, maybe, but um, definitely I was in the pile when it came to school because I didn't see a great example and I wasn't taught on many different financial things. So having that self-awareness and just what's with yourself like, when you become prepared, it's one thing to have it, you know, a conversation with like you, a financial advisor, right? And you to tell me, everything that I'm doing completely wrong with my life, you know, and I know that I'm doing it wrong, but it's another when it clicks for the person and they truly get that self-awareness. And that's what I got with in this book. I was like, man, okay. I'm understanding at my level, even though I've been told this, 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 but I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it being prepared and what does that look like right how can i be prepared right oh spot on and which is why i love this book i actually wish that while i was practicing all the way back in the day that i would have just given this book away right because Mm -hmm. this book explains things so well in the story format that i i mean just people instantly pick up on we understand You know, I, mean, I understood. <laughs> yeah, no, go, go for it, go for it. No, I'm just saying, I'm disagreeing with you. Like, I'm, I'm right there. I'm the one that followed it right to the T on every example. Even when he talks about loans too, and what that looks like. And I thought that was a beautiful example because we truly don't know the loans. We know that it gives us the money. Like the example with your uh, client, I want the money for my boat. Okay, you, you do realize? Yep. Okay, you know, but he truly didn't realize it until later on with the effects, right? And so when you're prepared and you have that self-awareness, it helps you for later on, like a winter storm. This took everybody off guard, but I'm sure one of the fears that they had was, can I provide? Do Can I go out and buy at least a little bit of groceries? Um, until possible water comes back on and um, or you know some places were unkind and evicted and evicted their people if they couldn't you know pay or utilities or things of that nature so like i'm sure finances were were of the many things they were worried on um and so yeah having a prepared plan for something like this, a major event, because this is the second major event. We had the pandemic and now here we are. Um, so it, it's, if this isn't a wake up call for someone to start getting prepared, um, I don't know what ever will be, you know, un- unless they start to like really read the book or, or just do some self-awareness. But yeah, being prepared sets you up in a positive manner. Just as spending sets you up in a negative manner, because if you get the loan, you gotta have to repay it, right? Um, just like your the, your old client. Oh well, I can't pay into my Roth because I I can't afford it because I took out money and I bought the boat. Um, which is like okay, you told your money where to go, and so it's the same. It's the same thing, negative and positive. Um, preparing for the long term, um, and because we don't know. What is to come? March of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be lighthearted with it, but um, yeah, um, 
And I think a lot of this, uh, uh, reading the book and going through the winter storm that you are and being and, and being cold, um, but still having a place to live, that gave you a, a lot of the ideas of why it is important to be prepared and why we're talking about it in a financial standpoint. Yeah. No, you're, you're completely right. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime storm, right? They said something about how this is the worst storm that Texans have had in the last 137 years. And so when you make decisions on where you put your time, where you put your energy and resources, I don't think anybody thought, oh, you know what? We're just going to have the worst winter storm on record in 137 years in Texas because, I mean, come on, this is the this is the South, right? This is the Southern yeah. United States where it's supposed to be warm. People come to Texas because the winters are mild here. You know, it's warm, right? So, no, why should we winterize anything because we never have winter storms? So why? The moral of the story is this. It's that each of us still has to make decisions about where we prepare. But there are those three things. And I firmly believe that there are those three things. And the top one is financial, mm-hmm. right? When we don't prepare financially, when we have a financial storm come and blow our straw house down, like for example, job loss. Mm-hmm. When someone loses a job and they don't have the savings to pay the rent, pay the mortgage, feed their family, while they look for another job. Mm-hmm. What do you do as either the mom or the dad, as the head of a family or as as the adult, one of, one of the adults in the family for, for a single, you know, family, mm-hmm. single parent household, the adult in your family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you do? If you're a single mom and you don't have considerable savings, what do you do when you lose your job? Mm-hmm. What do you do when a pipe bursts and it floods your house? Because mm-hmm. homeowners insurance, I mean, you still have to pay a premium What if you can't pay that. And so having that foundation, being prepared with that financial foundation, I would go as far as to say not just can reduce fear, anxiety, and loss, but it will reduce fear, anxiety, and loss. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And really, we can go go on all day about it, but I think we're coming up on time here. Same as always, we're not doctors, we're not lawyers, we're not therapists, right? And we always like to say this, but we do know where to go for resources. And so we're going to link a whole bunch of resources um, into this website here, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so since we did a lot of talking about finances and financial plan, I'm not a financial advisor. Wayne is, and he has experience with it, but... Um, same, same with that. We talked about this topic just to help build your awareness around where you sit financially and ask the questions of, if I do lose my job, if this does happen in my house, or if this, you know, if to each its own, the questions will be different, right? But it's starting the foundation of building your awareness on where you are financially and how you can manage if you can manage when certain things do happen, when certain disasters do happen. And if they, if you can, great. How can you actually tighten that up a little more to be a little more secure? And if you can't, what are some things you can do to be able to ensure that you can start a, a, a little savings or start a project or whatever to help solve that potential 
um, or even possible uh, scenario in, in your life. And so highly, highly recommend the book, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. He does talk about savings. 10% goes into savings from what you earn. 30% goes towards your debt. And then the rest is what you can like live on. Um, and that's like the, and that's building a foundation. And, and it goes back into what Wayne had said, building foundation. Where do you sit financially? How can you start building a foundation? And honestly, take these concepts and apply it in other areas of your life too. Not just financially. I know we mainly talked about that, but um, yeah, other areas into your life as well. So just wanted to let you guys know that um ask those questions be self-aware financially and if you do have questions i'm sure wayne would love to help you guys out in that department since he literally does have a background with that um, <laughs> yeah i'll talk all day yeah with it but um thanks thanks so much for tuning in like he said we'll have the links provided below and there we have it and episode four of overcoming the storm past podcast is done so thank you so much for listening and once again thank you for being on this journey with us all so we'll see you later